0: Hello and welcome to the Dating Relationships and Sex Podcast. I'm Rachel Schahn, the Embodiment Practitioner, a dating relationships and sex educator, coach and body worker. I'm passionate about supporting people to improve their well-being in the context of relationships and intimacy. I have over 25 years of experience in education and live with my two children in South Wales. Each episode, I'll be talking to people who work in the domains of dating, relationships, sex and wellness. We'll discuss issues that come up for many people and importantly, healthy strategies people can practice to help them with their issues and contribute to their well-being. I'm so excited to give my guests a voice and my listeners a chance to engage with their sharings. In this episode, I'm really excited to introduce you to holistic sex coach and author on sex, Alexi Welsh. Alexi has been working with clients in London for over 20 years and offers his teachings online via his learning portal, Love Flow Education, where he teaches his entire practice, holistic sex. Alexi's purpose is to help people to develop their sex life to a tantric level of sexuality for daily life and deeper fulfilling sexual relationships. Alexi helps people to resolve difficulties in sex or to further develop their sex life to a greater potential. Welcome and how are you feeling today Alexi?
1: Great, thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Thank you for coming. Alexia, I really wanted you to be a guest on this podcast because I'm a huge fan of the way your work takes a practical embodied approach to sex education and self-development and also your passion for your work really really resonates with me so just wanted to give some context for why you're here and um, I'm really pleased about that. So I'd like to ask you a question that I ask all my guests at the beginning of each episode which is what is an area of growth or challenge that you've experienced recently? So it could be in a personal or professional relationship, you choose uh, what you talk about. and um, So the problem or challenge, and what strategies did you use to help you navigate this?
1: So uh, I think my most recent challenge has been actually quite pragmatic in, uh, mm-hmm. in a way that I've struggled to keep up with, all the all that is involved these days in uh, creating online content, and mm-hmm. um, how much work goes into uh, mm-hmm. having digital content online and maintaining it. So, the challenge has been a bit of uh, balancing your own well-being and your own energy with how much output needs to be. Um, it it involves uh, at the moment, yeah. Mm-hmm so yeah still on it still trying to balance it out still trying to resolve it but it it really is quite a lot that uh, it takes these days
0: yeah i hear you and also i i've heard other practitioners say exactly the same thing so i Mm. think yeah you're definitely not alone in that um Mm. so would you sort of trying to bring the focus back to relationships would you say Mm. that this what has that brought up in you in your relationship with yourself, perhaps, or are you thinking perhaps has it had an impact on relationship with others like how, what has it brought up in you this these feelings?
1: oh it, it it just has brought up the awareness that despite everything we might want to do, it's really important to take care of yourself and to nourish yourself, and sometimes you have to let go of uh too many challenges to Mm. to live a life when you're just well as well at the same time
0: Mm. yeah so you mentioned letting go and something along the lines of self-care so have you got any Mm -hmm. strategies that you could share um kind of how you take care of yourself and how you let go
1: well uh i mean i think there are there are Sort of, you know, it's just the standard things that everybody everybody knows, but nobody makes time for because they don't prioritise them. Mm. Uh, about taking more free time and uh, doing being practices and um, just not prioritising the output and pri- prioritising also nourishing yourself.
0: Yeah, nourishing. Whatever
1: works whatever works for everybody, yeah, you yeah know, in personal yeah. circumstances.
0: Yeah. Do you have any favourites? Because I find, you know, that... Um, that, you know, Like you said, everybody knows and everybody does and we don't always prioritise them. But also I'm aware that there are some things that work for some people more than others. So, for example, I'm a big fan of journaling and what I call brain dumps, when you just kind of scribble on a piece of paper without thinking of too much overthinking about what you're writing. And for other people, it might be being alone in nature and solitude. And for other people, they might get... Their cup filled up from socializing. So I just wanted a bit of insight into any of your phases. Well, actually,
1: recently I have been trying to spend a bit of time in, uh, in solitude. Yes, not necessarily in nature. That would be lovely, but uh, it's not always possible. But uh, um, I have been feeling uh, a lack of, you know, we're always thinking we're always producing something and we're always mm. uh, trying to do tasks. And I think there's very little contemplative time
2: which is actually really
1: important for us to just live and to integrate things and so i've been trying to make a bit more time for that and it's it's literally just being on your own and just sort of being with it and taking mm. some some quietness of mind and being with yourself so i think that's mm. that's been my most recent um yeah. objective to increase that yeah
0: yeah i'm hearing about the integration that really resonates with me sometimes it might feel like you're not really doing much but that's how, kind of the whole point isn't it well if we you have... think
1: about I mean ultimately I think there is no point in anything there's just a, a moment of life to be lived in you know? so yeah I think we really lose uh, sight of it and uh, it's nice mm. to take a moment and tell yourself this is actually really valuable and meaningful to do nothing right now. This is what life is about, really.
0: Absolutely. And even though we're, quote, unquote, doing nothing, like you said, on other levels, that integration is taking place, that if we don't take that quiet contemplative time, then that integration doesn't have a chance to happen. It's all like
1: Mm, mm. hustling,
0: isn't it? Hustling and striving, which is not Mm, sustainable. mm,
1: mm, mm. Mm. Yeah. So coming back to your question, I think that is what I have been experiencing, That is kind of requiring even in well-being professions like mine and yours we are mm. we are required to basically now live almost like i don't know city bankers or something or traders like we have to do so much technical stuff and so much yes. hu- hustle that is basically not uh, take us away from why why we're doing this work anyway you know
0: absolutely but it's yeah. kind of counterintuitive isn't mm. it mm. so we mm. i guess we have to practice what we preach in some ways about being well, mindful living yeah, in not
1: the because, it's not because we don't want to it's just <laughs> yeah, a, a bit a bit overwhelmed not. yeah but, life uh, takes over yeah, yeah.
0: yeah okay so um moving on tell me more about holistic sex your practice Alexi mm-hmm. why did you set it up let's sort of go back to the beginning
1: yeah so uh well holistic sex is currently the practice mm-hmm. of sex that I teach to people it's um It's basically a comprehensive practice for a sex life. I would uh, describe it this way, Mm -hmm. which is just, uh, well, the entire practice, how people would create their sex life on a more meaningful, more enriching level, what Mm -hmm. kind of sex they would have, how they would practice those kinds of sex, what is the, you know, the detail of it, the technique, the perspective, the so everything in a complex. Uh, Mm -hmm. So that is the way I would describe it is basically it's a, it's a tantric level practice in a sense Mm. that I have adapted over the years of working with people to work for them in a more uh, day-to-day way uh, in real life, but uh, that would give them a a different level of sexual Mm. practice, not sort of what exists in the mainstream, but more on on Mm. a tantric level It would deliver more to them, the sense of uh, love in their life and, uh, deeper connection and uh, the well-being and the richer energies in life, mm-hmm. um, and you know, more profound experiences, more breadth of experiences. So, uh, the practice itself is called holistic sex, but I teach it uh, in different ways. So, I teach it through my online programs on my uh, on my website and through my you know other channels such as YouTube, etc. Um, yeah. The the way it came about, it was just. Um, mm-hmm. A result of uh, 20 years of uh, research, practical research that I did in my practice, in my uh, one-to-one practice, in-person practice in London that I've had for 20 years as a sex coach and a sex therapist uh, that has always been on the foundation of conscious sexuality. Mm. And over the time... uh, uh, you know, through this research and seeing what works and working through uh, lots of different situations and um, putting it all together, synthesizing it. So the result of it is what, you know, I call holistic sex, which is what I teach. Mm. So that's yeah. kind of a, a long way to answer that question. Yeah. No, no, no. no I'm, mm.
0: I I love long answers because I'm really interested in the journey, actually.
1: Ah,
2: okay.
0: mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of... Um, yeah, so, so you kind of identified a need, would you say?
1: Yeah, well, you know, um, yes, a, a need, uh, I don't even know if to call it a need. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. It kind of feels like something bigger to me. I mean, the, the way I, as soon as I started working, with, well, before I started working with sexuality, and maybe one of the reasons I started working with sexuality, I it came, became quite obvious to me that, uh, sex is something really powerful and really profound. Uh, not necessarily that we have to have very deep sex all the time, like you know, like a spiritual sex. But on the whole, as a life experience for people, it is really meaningful and really important, and it is in people's mm-hmm. life very much. And I think it's um, it, it it is very potent. And I always felt that it was a very uh, powerful and sort of majestic experience and really uh, has a lot of potential for us. But I felt that discrepancy mm. with what people were experiencing, that they were experiencing sort of very little of that. Mm. Uh, as they were practicing sex on the sort of on the, what we would, what we could call the mainstream foundation. Mm. Uh, it seemed that, you know, it was quite a limited experience for them and they intuited that um there is much more to it, and people do generally intuit that. But uh, it's um, it seems like it's impossible to reach it with the mainstream practice a lot of the time, mm-hmm. and and I, and I could feel how much it affected people and how much uh, how much pain there was and how much struggle uh, and unfulfilled. What I would call sort of unfulfilled, uh, not potential, but a dream, I suppose, an unfulfilled aspiration of what people felt sex should be. So, yeah, more than a need, but perhaps like I just felt like it was an aspect of people's lives that they really wanted to Mm. take to um, a more uh, rich level, but they were really struggling with it. And Mm. and I think, and, and I felt at the time that the problem was kind of systemic. It was. Uh, it was cultural, not mm. just you know that they were doing something particular in their life. So, so that that's that that's what um, uh, that became my life project to try mm. to find sort of some solutions for that through you know different different approaches. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So was it something that um, kind of started off as more of a personal interest from talking to friends mm. or? partners or did you start reading around kind of what i like you've mentioned the pain and the mm-hmm. difficulties that people feel and that that really resonates with me on a kind of personal level and also with mm-hmm. my experience with clients or just talking to friends
1: mm-hmm.
0: um yeah so i just sort of wondered how did it you know what was that spark uh, are mm-hmm. you able to sort of say how old you were True. or you know when it
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: when it sort yeah. of
0: started
1: yeah, I started working with it very young. It came from the. Um, for me, it started with a personal experience of sex, which mm-hmm. uh, for me immediately it was something uh, that fascinated me, and mm-hmm. I felt very deep connection with it immediately. It was perhaps because I was it was on the background of. Um, in my early teens, I um, got very interested in spirituality, so mm-hmm. I. You know, uh, studied uh, different spiritual traditions and spiritual practices. So, on that background, when I experienced sex, it felt to me immediately as something, um, as something really uh, profound and almost mystical and really powerful. Uh, wow. uh, just as just as a personal experience, you know. Yeah. And,
0: may, may I ask? Did you at that yeah. point did you already have like a regular sort of mindfulness practice that you use, like meditation or uh,
1: anything like that? something similar yeah mm-hmm. uh and uh, i was exposed to a variety of different spiritual traditions that i was interested mm-hmm. in at the time so it was just a general mindset
2: uh, yeah. and
1: you know some some practices yes um you know nothing kind of specific no 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 one particular school but uh, just a, um, a kind of a general direction mm. and um uh my personal fascination with it i felt there was something really important in sex on that level so so it, it was a personal journey in the mm. beginning of course when i first uh, started being um when i first became fascinated with it it was a personal journey of uh, understanding it uh lots of personal experience personal practice i was learning from um different strands of conscious sexuality it's mm. you not know, tantric Taoist and others and uh, as I was having my personal experiences I mm.
2: uh,
1: there was an effect that I noticed that I was helping people with it other people I was with or people I came across and talked to so it mm. just led me led me to just a natural interest in um, yeah uh, commitment to, to commit to Learning and uh, studying how to do it uh, professionally to help people. Mm. It's the calling for it. Yeah, mm. so,
0: that's fascinating. And actually, you just said a word that I was going to say. Is this too cheesy to ask, Alexei? Have you heard, like have you ever considered it almost like a calling? But you just said the word calling. Uh, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's. Um, I'm not somebody who is very quick to kind of believe things. Mm. Uh, so I'm, I suppose I'm by nature a little bit of a skeptic, which is a, a good thing in my profession yeah. because I I, 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 I kind of assess things really thoroughly, and I don't uh, just take things on faith, and I, you know, I, I, I produce work that is, you know, thoroughly tested in my practice. That's good but, to hear. Um, um, but yeah, look, looking at it retrospectively, I could say that there is something that I always felt a connection with sexuality as mm. if something that sort of was my thing to do mm. in. Life and to try to sort of my, my my work and everybody's got a job to do in this life for others yeah. and that felt like it was my job to do
2: yeah, for others fit. and
1: and looking retrospectively I think you know many things in my life happened mm. to sort of almost to lead me to it so yeah
2: mm,
0: that's fascinating i love i love being able to put the context to your mm. work now yeah um okay so could you tell me a little bit more about the specific offerings because you've got a portal haven't mm-hmm. you called love flow mm-hmm. education mm-hmm. so um i guess there are different uh services would you would you call them services that people can access could you tell us a little bit more about um, perhaps a new offering that you have, or a particular mm-hmm. popular one, and just sort of focus on that a little.
1: It's really simple at the mm-hmm. moment, to be honest. I like to keep it simple. Uh, mm-hmm. There is an online program, Holistic Sex, which mm-hmm. uh, is which describes the entire practice in a compact way uh, for people to elevate their sex life to greater love and sexual energies and mm. make it work uh it's built as a step-by-step uh, process to implement it into your life without sort of needing to be particularly good at it just you know on a, on a normal day-to-day level so it, it, it's a lot of people people can do it uh with a partner so as a couple people can do it on their own even if they have a partner people can do it on their own if they don't have a partner so it's, it's everybody it's for men and women and for everybody so that's uh, the core program that I offer, I don't want to mm. uh, complicate it in many different ways and make it difficult for people to choose. And then mm. obviously, you know, I continue with my in person practice, which I have had you know, very intensively for 20 years. When if people mm-hmm. work with me one to one, they want uh, coaching and they want a process to be led through one to one, then, you know, I continue that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, I see. and there's also the uh the youtube channel and you know my instagram yeah. that, that supports it as well
0: yeah yeah so you've got mm-hmm. um you've got content on instagram uh what was the other platform on youtube mentioned? as well youtube yeah. mm-hmm. um and you've got your course that people can access and then i guess they study it online and then does that yeah. also mean that is it part of the course that they would have any direct contact with you online or in person Uh, or is that not part of the programme?
1: Not one-to-one, but there are regular, uh, regular Q&A sessions where people can ah. sort of send their questions and clarify yeah. things and get get further. But, you know, the course is pretty comprehensive, so...
0: Oh, that's good. I find, find yeah. they don't
1: need to make use of it that much, yeah.
0: Oh, that's good. Mm. And then um, your in-person practice, you're London-based, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so you've yeah. got your place where, um, your practice, yeah. where people come in. Does it, does it keep that's you busy?
1: Yes, yes, of course, yes, yes. It's always yeah. it's always been very busy, and it's always been yeah. my great my greatest teacher, perhaps apart from all the yeah. things that I studied and trained in. So, um, yeah. it's, um, you know, uh, I work online as well. Obviously, most people do now. So, mm. uh, it's more when people want to be led step by step, one to one, for their personal circumstances. They prefer it to be custom customized for them. Mm. Uh, when we maybe deal with some more complicated cases you know etc
0: how are you finding the online work did you kind of um evolve from the in-person practice to the online quite easily or was there a sort of clunky period where you didn't enjoy the online as much as the in-person perhaps
1: not really. It it, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't, no, it's, it hasn't really presented any difficulties for me. I mm-hmm. feel, feel sort of the same with it.
0: That's yeah. great. Yeah. And obviously clients, it, well, it is more convenient, isn't it for them?
1: Yeah. 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 I don't really see any advantages really to in person.
0: Oh, okay. I
1: think, I think, I think the same can be communicated uh, online really.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you don't feel it's a barrier at all. Clients. No,
1: not at all. And also, mm-hmm. if you have supporting materials, so you mean you know, if you support your work with other materials like video, audio walkthroughs, mm-hmm. and everything, then it's even mm-hmm. almost kind of more suited for that than, yeah. than handing over like a floppy disk or something in person. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just sort of thinking about your clients uh, in your experience with them, what are some of the most common challenges that clients face? In their intimate lives, what to, what do people come to? Well, I'm sure there's a whole range, uh, but have there's you got any? Range. Yeah, I can imagine. But have you got any that seem particularly common at the moment?
1: So there are two categories we can put that question into. Yes, uh, it's either either you would ask me about um, mm. uh, what problems people have in sex that they want to heal or treat with the help of a professional. So that's probably would be one yeah. group of people I work with and there's mm. the most common cases there. And then there is how people would like to just improve and develop their sex mm. life further, maybe in the sense that it they wouldn't say they wouldn't say it's a sex problem or sexual dysfunction, but they feel like yeah. It's not quite where they would like it to be. So it's more to do with growth. So yeah. I, I work I work in many cases in both yeah. scenarios, you know. So and obviously they have slightly different um
2: mm.
1: most common I, problems. Yeah,
0: too. I love that clear distinction as well. So so yeah. could you say a little bit about some examples from each?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um importantly, I think what is useful is to think not just what people come with, like mm. this is the problem that I have, but what the problem actually is, if that makes sense.
0: So there's the presenting yeah. problem. Well, there, there, there is the underlying.
1: There is a thought that people want mm-hmm. this and this is what's not working, but actually that's not what is really not working. And mm. uh, it's very common. I don't know if other people who work in sexuality have the same experience, but
2: mm.
1: it's very common for me at least for mm. people to come in with. Sort of like an opening. Okay, this is what I want to fix in my sex life, and then we, it turns out actually, you know, that's not really that wouldn't do anything. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, what what uh, we really want, like, if the objective is to improve your sex life, then mm-hmm. it's not about fixing this thing; it's about improving other areas of it, or yeah, or yeah. It in a different way. So perhaps that's that's, that's a more useful way to, mm. uh, to 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 identify problems that people have because. I mean, for example, it's very common for, for men to say, "Oh, you know, it's premature ejaculation. I want to last longer, or I want to I want a bigger erection." And that mm-hmm. is practically never a significant improvement to anything, mm-hmm. uh, or it doesn't. It's not resolved by focusing on that. It's resolved on focusing on something else. Likewise with women, you know, it's very common to say, "You know, I, I can't have an orgasm in this position or in that position, or often enough, or easily enough, or I can't, you know, get turned on from this or from that." Uh, and invariably it turns out that it wasn't about that at all and there were other you know um
2: mm-hmm.
1: there, there was there was another route to experience a richer sex life than mm. just resolving that so i think the most common situation is that uh, i would summarize it by the fact that you know the 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 current sex practice just doesn't seem to be working very well for people. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's performative. It puts people a lot lot under pressure how much they have to perform. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's almost like turning sex into a work that needs to be done really well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it doesn't really deliver much to uh, people in the sense that they might get some physical pleasure or they might get um, some sense of excitement out of it, but they don't. Mm -hmm feel uh, a fulfillment in terms of they really feel that their life is enriched that they really feel that it creates more love and more connection with their partner in the sense that they can experience it they th- there is an intuition that sex will be a really enriching thing for their well-being for their energy for how it makes them alive in life but perhaps they don't mm-hmm. feel it
2: mm-hmm. with the
1: current technique so uh that's the root cause essentially of what uh-huh. most people come with, but it manifests in people thinking, um, our sex life has gone stale, so yeah. how can we make it more exciting, for example? Yeah, so that's that'll be yeah. a problem people will come with, but actually, what's underneath is what I've just described.
2: Yeah, or, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, or a woman will say, I can't get an orgasm, and, and mm-hmm. she will think that if she can get an orgasm, then everything will be resolved and all the hopes will be fulfilled and actually mm. make no difference whatsoever mm. if that is fixed because the underlying condition is still that. that mm. be, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Wow, well,
0: it's it's almost sort of quite... I'm saying it's simple. It doesn't mean it's easy for people to get their heads right. round. Mm. Otherwise, why are they there? Um, but it's almost like you're sort of boiling down this list of, mm-hmm. of issues that people come with,
2: mm-hmm.
0: boiling down to... Um, I don't think you use the word connection. Maybe I'm kind of giving that word. I don't know if that re- really resonates with you, the, the connectedness. And oh, by the way, I really like, I find it interesting the way you talk about love quite freely, mm. because I think that can get quite lost, can't it? That sort of love loving feeling mm-hmm. when we're just thinking about sex and we're boiling things down to our genitals and yes. our physical moving parts. And yes. people forget to bring their hearts into it. And I guess heart or love, however you want to describe that sort of energy mm-hmm. and it's a connection ultimately, isn't it, between two people? And when you're yeah. boiling it when you're sort of thinking of genitals or performance, that completely gets lost, doesn't it?
1: Yes, it, it it does completely get lost. Like it doesn't have to be it doesn't mean that we have to have sex with our genitals, for example. Mm. But the way we approach it, it does mm. make us lose at the moment the sense of connection and uh, Mm -hmm. the way we focus it, how we approach the genitals and the rest of sex Mm -hmm. does make make us lose the sense of connection and um, the sense of love through the bodies. Yeah. Um, I agree. You know, I do focus on these themes a lot as you picked Mm up. I think both, both, both um, connection and love are really important themes in sexuality Mm -hmm. in different ways. For me, love is an energy in sex which uh, is the most powerful energy in sex and i've been committed to understanding it and to exploring it for many years and to make it sort of almost like a practical like a practice essentially with Mm. sexual technique around it so to speak because i have Mm. always found that it's the most powerful impact from us on sex and you Mm. know there's there's a lot that um there's a lot i could you know i I, I could talk about it Uh, but i think essentially it's It's not what people imagine, which is that I have sex with somebody in a loving relationship. So if I love somebody, I have sex with them, that's sex with love. I mean, that's sex does not contain love necessarily at all. And for many people, it doesn't at all. Uh, so it's very common, for example, to have sex in a committed relationship in a, with somebody you've been with for 20 years and experience no love and sex at all because it's mm. going to be about something else. It's going to be about working to an orgasm. It's going to be about trying to spice it up or to, to do something exciting. So the focus is on something different. Um, mm. And you can still have sex that's very performative or mm. like you described, or it's just to kind of treat things mechanically. I think it's very mm. common. So... um I think uh, love is a state of uh, your intention in that moment. It is the energy you're transmitting. It's the energy that you're receiving. You're absorbing into your system. It's the energy that flows. I think it's very Mm -hmm. much a sexual technique. And um, I just have always found that it has the most powerful impact, both on the quality of sex, that sex becomes the most pleasurable and richest experience when we know how to channel it, but also the outputs, the... the, uh, the not the output the outcome the way that we feel from sex the power that it brings into our life um it's it just empowers everything else that you might be doing in sex in terms of the energies that you're creating or your technique or how it flows yeah so i -hmm. think it's the it's a very powerful thing for people to focus on but there's just not a lot of awareness about it uh, because we culturally we tend to focus on other things in sex almost like you know other things are more important um but my mm. hope is yeah that one day it's going to become more more um uh, more valued and it's going to be the future really because uh, i don't really see a more mm. a more sensible future for sex to evolve mm. than evolving mm. to evolve into love you know i i don't really mm. see anything more sensible that it could and where it could end up uh, although it can end up in many different places uh, uh, the way we go now, you know, but <laughs> yeah. my, my hope is that it's going to end up in love um, uh, because I have a little activity with people when they come to see me, I ask them what sex is about, so, you know, what um, what is important for them in sex, what is important for them to experience, and a lot of the time we have the superficial level of uh, what cosmopolitan says sex, sex should be about, yes? Mm-hmm. So... Uh, people respond first of all with that, uh, and then we go a bit deeper. And you know, why is this important to you? And um, you know what is really uh, impactful for you in life? And always uh, with every single person that I've dealt with, they eventually arrive at connection. So they might say other things that are important for them, and sex as well, but connection is something that's you know uh,
2: hmm. to
1: all of us. And I think it's this is sort of where sex meets other themes in spirituality and um, the related areas, because ultimately what we want to experience in life is connection in different forms, whether it's, you know, family or love or happiness or hobby or religion or whatever people strive for connection different ways. So I think this Mm -hmm. is sort of the the ground zero that we arrived to (laughs) inside Mm -hmm. Um, that it is about connection. I think it can be expressed in different ways, Obviously, there's no particular kind of sex that creates connection. People can feel connection, different kinds of sex. But I think it's Mm -hmm. about how and how we are connecting with it in the moment of sex that creates whether a feeling of connect or disconnect. Mm. And the thing that disconnects people the most in my, uh, well, one of the things that probably disconnects people the most during sex is the uh, focus on performance.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's very you very much in your head. Then aren't you concerned about moving becomes, like this, looking yeah, like this, yeah. being like this?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it becomes very self-focused, self-contained, very mm. sort of having to do it in a particular way, and not really feeling this moment, or not really being with the other person. Yeah, mm,
0: yeah yeah you mentioned some other words that kind of caught my attention mm-hmm. when you were talking about it um the word intention so do you bring this in with your clients much sort of um the concept of having an intention with what they're doing
1: having an intention uh, having an intention with what you're doing in sex
0: with Well, maybe I could phrase it a bit better. Uh Kind of um, because with certain practices, Mm -hmm. um, when I trained as a sexological body worker, to do certain things, whether it be, um, for example, a self pleasure exercise to sort of practice what's available in your body to feel pleasure alone, you might set an intention. Of what you want to do before you do that practice. Mm -hmm. So when you said intention, it just sort of um, Mm -hmm. it just caught my attention because it's something Mm -hmm. that I've done.
1: Mm -hmm. I
0: wondered if you could speak into that a little bit Mm -hmm. more.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. So I guess you mean sort of uh, what is the intention to then use the practice with, and then what would be the result of this practice according to the intention that you set.
2: Hmm.
1: Um, I've kind of like perceive it like this. So for example, hmm. people yeah. might sometimes, uh, to give like a silly example, sometimes, you know, like hmm. people might, okay, I'm going to use my orgasmic energy to hmm. for prosperity or something like this, yeah? Okay. Oh. So, so um, with this kind of thing, I don't really, I don't tend to focus it that way in hmm. the sense that I... I think for me, intentionality in sex, the way I encourage it is something different, not to use sex to achieve um, another purpose. Or I I think it's important to have a general sense of intention for sex in your life, in -hmm. the sense that what is sex about for you? What is it for? What is important and meaningful for you from sex um, that would really enrich your life? And then... Make sure that you sort of know how to um, how to be in sex to receive that, mm. because otherwise we will just be distracted by somebody else giving you a, a model of what sex should be about, mm. right? Because you're gonna listen to some influencer and they're gonna tell you sex should be like this, and then you're gonna do it. Yeah. So I think that's important, but for the practice today. Mm um i think there's a general intention of what sex is for it is a it is a time that you spend being nourished by sexual energies experiencing them living them um, mm. experiencing love experiencing connection filling up with these substances mm. so to speak so the general intentionality about it
2: mm. but i don't
1: think you can be very specific i don't i don't encourage people to be very specific with how mm. exactly it's going to be today because it's, uh, some of it is a uh, I think it's important to let go as well of uh, wanting it to be a very specific way because it's more like a field of energy where you don't know where it's going to go today. It it will depend, and it's important to let it be the way it will be. Mm. But there are certain... Elements in sex that do have a lot of intentionality, such as how you are channeling your sexual energy or what you're transmitting to each other or what mm. you want your partner to feel, mm. which in that moment, as a technique, they have a lot of intentionality to them.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: So there's like different yeah, different aspects of intention in sex for me. Yes,
0: yes. And also, I guess you kind of had already answered the question away in that we'd sort of, sort of, the distilling it down to the basics is that sex is about connection so if that's your general intention then that's that's the aim of partnered sex anyways to be uh, connected.
1: yeah I, I mean I, I would correct it in the sense that I don't think it's only about connection I think there's like a few a few things that it is about for us mm-hmm. um, and we want to experience all of them so it's not because if we only I think people might argue that, you know, they want want more out of sex than just a feeling of connection. And they Mm -hmm. would be right because we ensured that as an experience it has other components as well. But in the sense that sex is about receiving those, um, what would you call them, Um, that enrichment in these these few substances that are enriching us this this enrichment in general we can break it down into sort of parts what it consists of but you know the the sense of enrichment from it that is what sex is about ultimately always yes I would say that Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and I I know this is uh, it's kind of I don't know how long we've got (laughs) time-wise to talk about these things. It's
1: it's, it's, it's up to you. I'm I'm in a rush, so yeah.
0: Yeah, I I was just sort of thinking if there's something, I mean, maybe it's difficult to sort of say in a few minutes, but just sort of thinking if there's any listeners who might want to harness or channel um, a certain kind of energy that they bring to their sex um would you be able to say in a, you know in a few minutes um one way that people might be able to sort of harness channel energy uh in a loving way to bring about more connectedness is that is that possible? Uh,
1: I will try to say one thing that will help, but we have to mm. be very careful to not have um, one tip mentality.
0: Yeah, I hear you
1: because, that, and, and that's, that's why
0: I was kind of cringing slightly I the question.
1: I totally understand the question because it's like, well, what, what, what can uh, people try today? That's like one thing, but mm-hmm. and and it's totally. I, I think it's. I think it's. Um, yeah, we can totally do that on the provision that we understand that this is, you know, we can't resolve sex with one tip, and mm-hmm. and, and as long as people are aware of it, because. I think one tip mentality is what has got us in trouble in the first place with all the yeah, media, all yeah. the sex media. It's like sex, best five sex tips to have a tonight <laughs> tonight. you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think it's important to just, just a bit of a prelude. It's important to yeah. realize that this is a practice. Mm. And the prelude is that whatever I say now is not to be taken as this is what is going to resolve your sex life. Mm. Because, uh, sex doesn't work with a one-tip mentality, even though we want just, you know, to get something, to get quick ad- advice and implement it. Uh, mm. Sex is a really important part of your life. It's a really important part of your well-being, of your relationship.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: it's really important to understand it in the same way as we understand health and well-being, so we understand the different components of it, you know, what we need to eat, how we need to exercise, how we need to sleep. So it's it's a and complex... That,
0: that makes me think of your... Your practice is actually called... That's why it's called holistic sex, right? Yes, because it's yes, everything.
1: Yes, mm. yes, yes. Uh, and because it involves everything. You know, it's mm. not just a mechanical thing. So um, I think it's important to remember this and that, you know, uh, up-leveling up, up, up your sex life is completely possible. It really isn't rocket science. Now, the things that I teach, mm. I mean, learning to play a violin would be far more complicated than mm. what I teach, you know. Mm. Uh, so it's really not that difficult but at the same time i think it's i think it's important for us generally so i'm I'm just going to continue with the prelude for now then i'm going to answer the question um so i think it's really important for people to have balance with this question because i I find that people uh throw themselves in one of the two extremes sometimes people feel that you know learning sex, sex is really complicated and impossible and it's just like you know i just you know it's just not even worth learning about because um you know there's like too 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 much to do or they feel that uh you know you shouldn't learn anything about it it's just very natural and um you know it should all just happen by itself yeah. so i think i think the kind of the healthy balance is to realize okay it's a it's a bit of a practice that you learn if you were to take up yoga you wouldn't just uh sort of learn one thing for it you would there'll be like a number of things that you would learn and you would put together about mm-hmm. it and it's not necessarily complicated but it just has a few parts to it mm. and the same with sex you know uh, it's really important to uh, what what sex really consists of you know the way i teach it it consists of perspective it consists of mindset it's what 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 we're thinking about is what is our goal what our beliefs that we hold breaking down beliefs that are not helping us having mm. better beliefs that will take us to our um you know, to our um, goal, so to speak, uh, and a range of different techniques and practices that will be useful at different parts of sex, and different kinds of sex. Mm-hmm. So uh, all of this put together creates a, a really upgraded sex life. And mm-hmm. the technique is not just physical, but parts, parts of it are mental and emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, uh, that is how to answer your question really to... To, to create uh, an experience when you're channeling your sexual energy into your life and nourishing yourself when you are really benefiting from it. So it will come from this kind of, um, from the whole mm-hmm. practice of it. Um, in terms of the first, uh, like one of the tips that I could give that would be helpful for people to reflect on Mm. in the, in this picture that it's just Mm. one that is not going to, it's not going to take you to the practice, but it's just one useful thing maybe to immediately, you know, to start with Mm. uh, is to, is to not uh, to stop considering orgasm, the most important part in sex, because Mm. people struggle with it a lot. They're under massive cultural pressure to, Mm. um, to take this belief uh, they think it's pretty much, you know, non-negotiable. But uh, the this is the thing that, at the moment, presently, I believe, has the most detrimental effect I on see. people's sex lives. Yeah, uh, there are a few de- detrimental forces in sexuality on people's sex life, but this this one is by far the most widespread and the most common. And um, I think the uh, it's really. There, there will be a lot of counter argument essentially, but the orgasm is this, but the orgasm is that, is that, but that is why I need it and that is why it's important. But eventually, if you're really honest with yourself, you persist in, that, in asking yourself, why is it really important? Why is it so significant? You will arrive to the point where you will realize uh, you were wasting your attention all this mm-hmm. time. And... Um the, the value of sex really as an experience is in the time that you spend there, filling up with sexual energies, mm. uh, nourishing yourself with it, feeling alive with it, uh, mm. and feeling that love and connection with your partner. And I'm not mm. talking about this only as some kind of a psychological thing, but in mm. real physical terms, even of sexual energy and sexual sensation and pleasure and everything, mm. plus all the emotional enrichment, you still get much more out of it uh, during the whole experience of sex than you get from the orgasm. Mm. But if you believe that orgasm is important, that you're not getting out of it then. Uh, sorry, if you believe that orgasm is important, then you're not getting what I've just said out of sex in every moment because you're busy working on the orgasm. Yeah. So the uh, all that enrichment doesn't happen. And then it's easy to say orgasm is really important because there was not much created in the work towards an orgasm.
2: Right, yeah.
1: So, but the, but you will not fulfill your real aspirations by having that orgasm again and again or improving that orgasm. It's just not going to happen. That is a dead-end mm-hmm. strategy. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, the the thing to do immediately is to take off the importance of the orgasm. I'm not saying mm-hmm. not have it. I'm just saying to not consider it the most important thing and to understand that you want to be creating um the sexual energy and the enrichment the fulfillment in every moment because that will allow you then to to go more into each moment to create a better um a better experience out of it much richer sexual energy that will nourish Mm -hmm. you more you'll be able to channel it more you'll feel a lot more with your partner as well Mm -hmm. then of course you know it is a matter of how we do it and a matter of technique and all that uh, which needs to change uh, radically as well but um I think that's the thing that anybody can do today. Mm. Immediately they can just commit the next sex sex session to saying, it's not going to be about getting the orgasm. It might be something optional I might or might not do. If I do, it's like going to be a secondary thing. But the primary thing I want to do here today is to spend this time before the orgasm filling up with this energy and see what happens because I think you will often have some interesting results just by doing that, you know?
0: Yeah. Interesting, yeah, and I wonder. Obviously, you've had so many clients over the years, and I, yeah, it's just interesting to think what a game changer that must be. Do it you is. sometimes do you sometimes get some resistance
2: I'll tell you something. or are they
0: I... usually quite um, accepting of this, or is there some sort of pushback?
1: There's a lot of resistance, yes, of course. Uh, yeah. And th- there's a lot of disbelief initially. That's quite common. Uh, you have to understand there's very there's a lot of cultural and media influence uh, that people are under, which has formed their beliefs about it and then reinforced through personal experience, but through this optical illusion that I'm talking about, that when mm-hmm. they... When you practice sex for the orgasm, it's very easy then to convince yourself that the Mm -hmm. orgasm is really important because you haven't practiced sex for every moment, so therefore you don't know the value of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but I can tell you that when I can't really when people really go with it, they go on that journey and they Mm -hmm. develop their ability to create really good sexual energy in every moment. Mm. When they commit to this idea and they learn to practice sex this way um I I honestly can't think of any cases in my practice where people said no you know I'm just going to go back to having orgasms because that was better
0: (laughs) that's wonderful to hear yeah
1: I think it's always it always brings a far more enriching experience that really like once you start doing that Mm. and you start delivering it to yourself it Mm. really all clicks in and it becomes really obvious how nothing uh, Mm. the the typical focus on the orgasm and the orgasm itself really is, even Mm. though it's very nice. Like people don't stop having them. In fact, you know, Mm. often they become more frequent and more easy.
2: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: People have known this for a long time, but, you know, that's the easiest way to get an orgasm is to not try to have one. But um, it really brings it home how really that doesn't change anything Mm. for people and they understand that the value really wasn't there always Mm -hmm. you know Mm. but obviously you need experience for that yeah uh, it's not going to be obvious from the in the beginning you have to believe it you just have to go with it and um, until you can actually see the the experience of it you know
0: yeah yeah so it's something you have to actually experience and do and allow things to sort of unfold maybe Mm, mm. uh without being so goal orientated because i think you just said something along the lines of it's almost like when the orgasm is the focus like nothing else that you do in is just a pre a preamble to get there you know yeah, yeah. it discounts it effectively if well if and you...
1: it changes it really changes the quality of it so, yeah so you you can't it's a bit like saying, did you like the music? You know, the music was amazing. Uh, no, I didn't like it, but what were we doing? Well, I was like working on my computer and I didn't think the music was amazing. You know, it's like there was no chance to <laughs> to appreciate <laughs> what the music actually is.
0: Stop and you know? enjoy. Yeah, just slow mm. down and enjoy. Mm. Mm. Fascinating stuff. Um, yeah, I kind of had another question that... Um, was sparked mm-hmm. off from one of the videos, um, yeah. or perhaps more than one of the videos that you put on Instagram. And it was something about, um, some, I can't remember the words you use now. I did try and find it again, but I couldn't see which video it was. So let's use words like warm up or foreplay, which I, for a woman, which I, uh-huh. I as I'm saying them, I know there's like a limitation. Sure. In those words themselves, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. warm up of a woman being sort of more important than it is for a man.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's something that we've, you know, I've heard heard that ever since I was a child when I didn't even know what sex was and it didn't really mean much to me. Foreplay is important for women and it gets sort of bandied around. And I don't think people really stop and think about what that actually is for Mm -hmm. um we've talked about things like love and energy and Mm -hmm. also i did i did actually just say a few moments ago that we don't want to uh reduce the genitals to just their biology but now i'm going to do exactly that (laughs) and focus just on the biology of um the Mm -hmm. genitals so i had a little look through this um, lovely book that i um I need it's pre-reading for my um, sexological body work training that I did. It's Women's Anatomy of Arousal by mm-hmm. Sherry Winston. And she mm-hmm. actually, um, there are diagrams in here and she writes about erectile tissue in the mm. vulva
2: mm-hmm.
0: and how, you know, that might be something that people don't realize uh, that there is mm-hmm they might not even know that there is erectile tissue in the vulva. We, we know that men have erections,
2: mm-hmm. but
0: most people might not, most, many people might not be familiar with the concept that women do have erectile um, tissue. So I wondered like, is that ever something that comes up with your clients? Is it ever something that you um, draw attention to? There's something in this, um, this book which I found particularly fascinating, perhaps because I'm a heterosexual woman, that there was um, a practice you could do in actually mindfully kind of puffing up or plumping the lips around the the vulva to, to make sex more pleasurable for a woman. Is that ever something that's come up in your sessions with your clients
1: um what do you mean come up? So yeah, in terms so what would you of, like to ask about it? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
0: in terms of, you know, has it ever sort of um come up in your sessions or have you ever drawn attention to it perhaps to for heterosexual men who might not be mm-hmm. familiar with the way Arousal and the biology of the the, like female genitalia works. Has it ever come up in sessions? I just, I just wondered. It was just something that I was curious about.
1: Hmm. It's an interesting question because uh, it's, it's sort of the question it raises is what is more productive for us? Is it to uh, go a bit more detailed about the physiology and yeah. tre- treating the body more, more more as a mechanical place, mm, mm. or is it going to be more productive for us to, to treat this place uh, holistically as a place that is sentient and alive and where the emotional
2: mm. intention
1: can also make a difference? Because, mm-hmm. for example, uh, what you're saying is true you know and yeah. there is uh, obviously you know there is erectile uh tissues in the vulva that will affect the arousal uh but i try to avoid language in my uh when i teach people that mm-hmm. is so okay this is how we get the erection this is how mm. bl- blood engorgement this is right. You know the spongy tissue here because I try yeah. to avoid the language that basically makes the body uh, come across like a mechanism or a piece of yeah, meat, yeah. You know, and it
0: doesn't actually surprise me <laughs> to hear you say that based on the conversation we've been having right, over the last yeah. hour. Um, and it's
1: not—it's not a personal distaste. I just find mm. that uh, I find that. Uh, for one of the main problems in sex is that it, there is a bit too much focus on it as a um, trying to explain it in very physiological or even uh, sort of historical terms, always mm-hmm. referring almost to the to the animal physiology of it. It's and reductive,
2: while, it's,
1: yes.
0: It's kind of reducing us to our parts. Yeah,
1: I think I think, uh, and more so, I think it's inaccurate more than anything, like uh, mm-hmm. in the sense that. You know, there's, 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 obviously there was a time when that was the only reality, and that was mainly kind of what it was about. Mm-hmm. But I think at this point, in our relationships and the experience of sex we are having with our partners, it has more layers to it, and we are having mm-hmm. it on different levels. So I think reducing it to that, uh, basically, to give you an example here, I, w- I, I, I maybe I would teach it to a man, and then all he would mm-hmm. be doing is trying to, uh, arouse erectile tissues in yeah. the vulva. <laughs> yeah. Rather, yeah. rather than, yeah. rather than treating that place as a place where the woman feels him, she needs to feel yeah. loved. She needs, he needs a good technique, good, a good physical technique as well, yeah. understanding it, but he also needs to be connecting with it emotionally yeah. and giving her an experience. So, and people are really quick, especially men really quick to mm. focus on the mechanical yeah so if if i do say something like this i mean the chances are he's gonna think about it even if i say a bunch of things afterwards he's gonna think about it as erectile tissues from their own
2: so i I try
1: to not even plant that seed
2: yeah i will
1: normally i will normally try to teach the same technique with awareness of what you said the background yes but i'll try to teach it in a different way that Mm -hmm. doesn't draw attention this to This really
0: fascinates me, Alexi, because without wanting to sound massively sort of sexist and um, making sweeping generalisations,
2: mm-hmm.
0: well, I do, you know, but I am about to do that in a way. You know, men are seen as, have, ha, seen as having more sort of logical and science-based way of approaching things more than women are. And it's interesting, isn't it, that one school of thought could be that you try and tap into that which is I guess why I brought this up that if men kind of men are very aware of their erections because well you you see it very easily or you don't mm-hmm. it's there it's all external whereas mm-hmm. as we know vulvas are more kind of hidden away
2: mm-hmm.
0: so there's more um so men are more likely to be aware of their genitals than women are mm-hmm. of their own genitals, even as, as children and or you know, mm-hmm. teens. They, they there might not be that much to see. So I guess what I was thinking of is kind of um mm-hmm. going down the road, perhaps, of making it, putting it in terms where a man understands with that logical mm-hmm. scientific mind. So it's mm-hmm. quite interesting to to hear you say. In your experience and your personal approach is that you, you actually don't want to make it sort of... this is going to sound potentially really sexist and generalized with a sort of man-friendly approach of going at mm-hmm. it from the scientific, the biological, the factual, mm-hmm. uh, but really lean, leading with more of a sort of um, mm-hmm. emotional,
1: mm.
0: energetic sort of
1: approach um, i think this is more of a wider cultural phenomenon uh mm. not just a, sort of a male wired brain um mm. many of these books that take this approach they're written by women yeah. um, and uh, I, I think there's a lot of kind of women that uh, female professionals who also teach mm. from that perspective i yeah. think there is generally
0: that I just mentioned is written it is by, by a woman, woman yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And
1: and and there's generally, I think, there's generally always a referral to the, you know, to, to kind of the, the animal roots of it. Um, but you know, in terms of like, I think men uh, do. Maybe there is a part where, like, I'm not giving my backing to one way or another in the sense mm. that men men do or they don't think more logically than. Uh, women in that in that way. I just think that, regardless how somebody, that there's got to be a balance between what uh, they will understand, but also kind of what needs to happen, you know. And, yeah. and 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 there's learning, and there is stretching, and there is development as well. And I think uh, men are totally willing, you know, men who are interested in sexuality, yeah. they're, they're totally willing to 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 learn. A better approach mm. and I think it's just as easy for men to understand that genitals need to be held and loved and I think there isn't anything complicated there as well for them to understand you know mm-hmm. so uh, I always think that there, is, that there needs to be a balance between yeah of course you know there's, there's, there's a part of it that you technique is important and you, you can't get anywhere you can't just do whatever you want you can't get any, anywhere without it it's important for people to understand why they are doing a certain technique but there is a way to also bring in other elements into that that are important you know mm. so in this example for example i would still teach them to involve the Valva in the way that yeah that arouses it but i would just say it arouses it and it's awakened sensitivity and mm. uh, there are some you know clitoral tissues there but also at the same time i'd be teaching them how to treat it with presence and to
2: mm. stay really
1: connected and to mm. give um, focus on feeling really connected to a woman's body and be loving her body at the same time this would all be a part of the technique. Mm. So actually, the technique for me is like I never teach physical technique on it, so I think yeah it's my
0: best. yeah the word that's catching my attention there that you just said is bringing presence
1: that's yeah. huge, mm-hmm. isn't it? yeah,
0: and I've heard it said there's nothing sexier than presence, <laughs> and like it, you know it's it's kind of um it's it might seem obvious or it might seem like a flippant thing to say, but I think a lot of the sex that is had, there isn't much presence in it. If you're no. kind of worried about your performance, or if you're thinking about work or the shopping list or whatever, you are definitely not bringing presence. And even mm-hmm. if you could be doing a really mechanical, mechanically sound technique in that moment, mm-hmm. but if you're not bringing your presence and your attention to that technique, then the, te- the technique is nothing without the presence
1: yeah well it's like saying it's like being on your phone and saying yeah i love you I, i'm really into you and i really yeah. you. You
2: know?
1: so so yeah, it's, it's, it's exactly. the equivalent of that because when when we feel presence in the body is when we feel that together going back to the fact that we want to feel connection yeah presence is connection presence is just someone is, is there with you right now and they're feeling yeah. you and yeah. and you're with them and whether they are touching your your body mechanically well or not is uh, worthless to you. If they're actually not there, then what is it for? Yeah. Uh, likewise, it's not about just sitting there and not doing anything. So mm-hmm. both, both need to be there. But uh, mm. I think when people are in their head about uh, performing or thinking about something else and they're doing something mechanically, then basically it communicates to the other person that you're just not there and then the, the mechanical stuff doesn't really mean anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: beautiful. I think that's a really nice place to sort of um, draw a close to our discussion. But before uh, we say goodbye, could you tell any listeners where they can find out more about your work, Alexi?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, my course, Holistic Sex, is, uh, is the full program for mm-hmm. my whole practice, um, that will teach everything, all these, uh, all the components of it, the, the mm. entire practice you can implement into your sex life. Uh, that's the result of, you know, the 20 years of research that I told you about. So yeah. that is on my website, lovefloweducation.com. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's called Holistic Sex. So yeah. that's the program. And yeah. also you can uh, sign up to my Instagram mm. um, at Alexi Welsh. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I have a YouTube channel as well, at Alexi Welsh, that at you can Alexi check out as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Great. Thank you. Is there anything you'd like to close with before we go?
1: Uh, I would like everybody to feel lots of love and sex because oh. it will make their life better. Yes. And I hope they will do that tonight.
0: Thank you. It's been fascinating <laughs> and wonderful to talk to you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Alexi. A thank you for listening to the Dating Relationships and Sex podcast with me, Rachel Shan. I'm passionate about supporting and empowering individuals, couples and groups to improve their capacity for pleasure, well-being and healthy relationships in a safe, empathetic and creative environment. Please contact me via my website, www.theembodimentpractitioner.com or Instagram to arrange a free 20-minute consultation via video or audio call.